0: Hello friends, welcome. My name is Joe, this is The Joe Martino Show, and I wanna ask you some questions today. What does, you can't go 55 until you're at 5,000 miles, you don't need to sharpen your blades, and a flat earth have in common? Listen on to find out, let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. I hope that your day is going well, wherever you are, whatever's going on, I hope that your day is going well. I do want to lean into something today, and I want to ask you a question. What do you think you might be living by that is outdated? And I don't mean things like, you know, there's sometimes this this cry that we have to do things to be progressive and to keep moving. I'm not talking about that, but there are things that we live by that can be outdated that don't actually work with us. I'm gonna give you a couple examples. I was at a leadership conference this summer. I was listening to a guy and he was talking about what is your definition of success? And he said, a lot of times a definition of success is rooted In your childhood, right? Like in in the circles that you lived in in your childhood. So there was a time in my life where there was a number that I was like, man, if people who made that kind of money, they must be wealthy. And now I realize with four kids, if I made that kind of money, I wouldn't even be able to pay my bills today, right? And so this guy at that leadership conference was talking and he said that, you know, when he was a kid he had these friends, he went to this, he lived in one part of the town, went to the school in another part of the town, and those people were successful, and they wanted to do a family day with him, or a play date, and so he was like, yeah, that's great, pick me up at 10, he went out and stood on the curb at 9, because he knew that he was going to success, and then he put a picture up of this 1998 Dodge Caravan, I don't know if that's what it was or not, but it was the, you know, the wood paneled side, the minivan, And he said, I keep a picture of this in my office because I want to know what might I be doing today, what might I be chasing today, what might I be pursuing and trying to run down today that I'm going to laugh at in 25 years. And this got me thinking. There are a lot of things in life that we are told. For instance, I was talking to a guy one time about how I need to sharpen the blades on my mower. And he was like, well, I was told that you don't need to do that, that the blades go so fast, they just cut the grass. And I suppose that that is true at some level. You know, if you're cutting a little uh, patch of grass, that's just grass, that might actually be true. But the reality is you do need to keep your blades sharp. Uh, That's kind of a myth that you don't. And so that's something that is a myth that people still live by. Or here's one 5,000 miles. When I was in college, one of my bosses at McDonald's, I feel like that's a job that everyone should have, one of the managers there, she bought a brand new Saturn. In fact, one of the other managers called it the ugly frog. And she would not drive faster than 55, right? Which is strange because this is right around the time that the song Can't Drive 55 was very popular. Uh, The song's implication was that we would go faster than 55 and she would not go 55. Why might you ask would she not go 55? Because there was a myth. It it, it has been almost empirically proven to my knowledge. In fact, I was talking to a couple car guys who are up on this and they're like, yeah, no, that's total myth. That you couldn't drive 55 with a brand new car until the engine was, you, you can't see me because I have the perfect face for podcast, but I'm making air quotes here. You had to break the engine in. That's a myth that people are living by, that they're they're changing their life by. And I wonder, what are the things that, that you and I are living by that are not rooted in reality, that if we investigated them, we would find that either the thing we're doing is no longer serving us, it's not serving us well, or... We're working off of data that maybe we legitimately believed when we first heard it, or the person who told, us, told it to us first believed, legitimately believed it. But if we were to do the research today, we would find out that it's not actually accurate. And so there's two things that I want you to consider. What are you doing today or not doing? Because at one point in your life, it served you. It brought good to you, right? It helped you and now it isn't. And, and maybe it, it it serves you by keeping bad from you. Whatever it is, it isn't doing that anymore. In fact, now it's hurting you. And what are you doing today that you haven't stopped to ask yourself, I wonder if that is actually accurate. And that perhaps is the most difficult because we don't know what we don't know. And we can't, we don't really have the time to go verify everything that we work off of, right? Every, every idea that we consider. So, there was a time where I thought that hey, you know what? Mulching around trees is actually good for them. Turns out it's really bad for them. I didn't know that. I was reading one day, you know, I go to go to a bookstore and I like to browse the magazines. I'm not I don't really want to pay magazine prices, but I'll read them there at the, at the little, you know, magazine counter. And there's this one on uh, on, on lawn care. And I open it up and the science behind mulching around trees, actually, it was fascinating. I'm a bit of a geek or a bit of a nerd. I don't know which is which, uh, but whichever one I am, I am. And it was fascinating. And so I don't mulch around my trees. I do keep mulch around my house cause I think it looks nice, but not around the trees. Right. And, and so I really was trying to do something that I didn't like doing. I was like, oh, but this is good for it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Turns out it isn't. What are you doing That isn't serving you well anymore. And what are you doing to verify? That's what I want you to ask yourself. What are we doing? What myths are we living by? What might we be pursuing that 25 years from now, 20 years from now, 15 years from now, five years from now, we'll think, man, I wish I hadn't done that. And and, you know, this is stuff like, are you pursuing money at the expense of your family? If you are, my guess is you're going to regret that. Right, but, but there, are, there is this whole movement about 15 years ago. I don't know if it still happens because I'm kind of removed from some of this stuff anymore. But there is people who were selling their houses and going and living with other people because they were being frugal, but they didn't want to pay rent or a mortgage. Well, you're not actually being frugal, you're being a mooch. And nobody was challenging this whole little group of people who were doing that until one day I actually watched a guy say, no, I don't think you're being frugal, I think you're being a mooch. And so there was this challenging voice and you could see some of the people kind of listen to the argument. I'm afraid that one of the unintended byproducts of our modern movement, we can't discuss things, right? Like, unfortunately, most interactions happen via social media. That's just reality. Uh, we, are, we are experiencing a loneliness pandemic. I don't know if you heard about that or not. Uh, the Surgeon General, war- Surgeon General actually put out a warning about how dangerous loneliness can be for your overall health, not just mentally and emotionally, but also physically. And uh, we're going to talk about that in a future episode, I'm sure. But, but we have a loneliness epidemic in part because we don't want to deal with the things that come up with having to deal with people. We, we have decided to bow down and worship at the altar of feelings and emotions. So anything we feel anxious about, we've solved by, we just, we just avoid it. And most people are going to overthink at some level. So they stop, we stop interacting with people because A, we can't handle the distress of them disagreeing with us. Or B, we overthink something like I just was recently at a birthday party. Well, not recently, probably a couple months ago. I was at a birthday party for literally one of my favorite human beings in the world. And there was one part of the conversation where I was trying to communicate something and I, it just keeps playing in my head like, man, why did I say it like that? I wasn't trying to say that. I was trying to say this. And so that can create anxiety in us. If I didn't warn you, this season might be a lot more of my stories like that, what goes on inside my head. So buckle up because it's going to be interesting. And so I tend to avoid parties because I don't want to deal with the overthinking that might come from it. But here's the unintended consequence of that. The, the loneliness pandemic, obviously, right? We're, we're more connected than ever in many ways, but in the ways that matter the most, we're really not connected. There's really not a lot of people we can go to, right? Like who do you have in your life when you're having dark thoughts? Who do you have in your life that you can go to that you don't feel like you're letting down? And look, I know this is hard for moms and I hate the whole like, oh, I'm a a girl mom. I'm a, I'm a boy. I'm a boy mom. I'm a girl dad. I'm a boy dad. You're just, you're either a mom or a dad and whichever one you are is hard. It's hard to be a parent, right? (laughs) I have daughters, and I love them, and it's hard. I have a son, and I love him. In fact, he's in the room while I'm recording. I'm waving to him right now. Say hi to everybody, Joey. Hi. I don't know if you can hear him or not. Let's see if we can play that back. All right, I just took a break and played that back, and you can hear him. So there's Joey. He's listening. And being a parent is hard, right? And there are different things that make it hard for each one. So there are things that are harder for moms than there are for dads. And there are things that are hard for dads that are than they are for moms. And one of those things is when the when your brain starts to run in all the wrong places, who can you go to for help, right? And and for dads, I hear this all the time. I can't talk to my wife about this because I can't let her down. I don't want her to worry. I hear it from moms. I can't talk to my husband about this because I don't want him to worry. I can't talk to my kids about this because I don't want them to worry. And when you start to wrestle with the dark things of life, if you're not connected to people, you don't have support. And that's an obvious consequence of us not being connected. But what does that have to do with today's topic of, well, what are we doing that doesn't serve us well? Well, maybe the whole idea of not engaging in relationships, except via ways that are immensely safe, uh, free of struggle, maybe not safe, but free of struggle, maybe that isn't serving us well. Maybe if we don't have people we can go to in dark times, that also means we don't have people who can challenge us. We We don't cultivate friendships where we hear contrary voices anymore, and that isn't serving us well. We don't cultivate friendships where people can and will say to us, hey, I don't think that's right. Now, this is a little bit of a stupid illustration, but this woman puts up this thing on Facebook, and I have a lot of Facebook friends, again, air quotes, because I have the perfect face for, for a podcast, so you can't see it, but right, right, so she puts up this thing, thanks to Larry, blah, 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 He is, you know, he's a lawyer and he gave me this legal advice and I don't give permission for Facebook to blah, 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 whatever. And I said to her, I said, you know, I said, I'm not sure who Larry is, but this isn't actually really good legal advice. It's you use Facebook based on the terms of service. And she deleted me. Now, I don't even, I I vaguely remember her name. I'm not sure I'd know her in public. Does it really matter? No, but it is a good illustration of the point that I'm making that that will not serve her well if she consistently cuts people out of her life who give her a dissenting opinion. Growing up, I knew a young man, not me, right? But I did know a young guy who we ran in the same circles and he hated most of the people that I loved and I couldn't understand it. And one day I said to him, I said, I don't understand. Why don't you like these people? And he, well, I don't like that. They're, they're constantly critiquing me. I'm like, really? Seriously? They're constantly criticizing you. I I've never been criticized by them. And then as he talked, I realized he wasn't talking about criticism. He was talking about feedback that he didn't like. And I've kind of followed that guy over the years. You know, we're not young men anymore. And his life has been chaos. And I can't help but think at least part of it is because he doesn't like being criticized. And so where do you go for someone to say to you, hey, I know you're doing this, but maybe it isn't serving you well. Do you have those people in your life? That, right? When, when I talk to people about spanking, and, and I am I am blatantly anti-spanking, I would have never came to that conclusion if there wasn't people, including my wife, who challenged me on it and said, hey. Are you sure that it's serving you well? I hate the arguments by people who are like, well, I think we can say that the spank generation worked out better than the timeout generation. Maybe, or maybe not. Maybe we're measuring wrong things here, right? Who do you have in your life that can say to you, hey, why are you chasing that? And so the real question is this. Are you cultivating those relationships? Right. And, and, and both sides, I know there was a little bit of an ADHD uh, road tour road detour there. I was talking about moms and dads and not being able to talk to anybody without feeling like they're letting them down. But the other side of that coin is it those same people are the ones that you trust to say to you, hey, you're doing this and I'm not sure that it's benefiting you. I'm not sure that if you achieve that, it's going to help you. And you see this a lot, right? Uh, you see this a lot. I Usually, well, ideally, it's, it's in younger people because they're still figuring out how to spread their wings. They're still figuring out how to be independent and dependent at the same time. And so they're going to do things. And sometimes here's the rub. Sometimes you need to look at your friends and say, you know what? I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep chasing it. But here's why. And that's the thing. What are we doing that we might laugh at in 25 years? more importantly what are we doing why are we doing the things that we're doing and what will we think of that in 25 years what will we think of that reasoning in 10 years in five years why are you doing what you're doing why are you chasing what you're chasing what are you living by that might be a myth and are you willing to have things that you hold dear and true be questioned why Do you believe what you believe, right? How do you react when people question you? When your kids question you, when your kids say to you, hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm not sure that I'm going to grow up and believe what you believe. What's your response? Or even better, when they say, you know what? I've thought about what you believe and I reject it. Or if you love a certain political party, what do you do when the people from the other political party question you? Or... If you have strong opinions on abortion, on any political issue today, what do you do when people disagree with you? Do you get angry when you're questioned? Why? Why do you get angry? What will you think when in 15 years, will you look back and be like, man, why Why did I get so mad about that? One of the things I often ask people is when you, when you look back 10 years ago, do you believe everything that you believe today? And the answer is almost always, well, no, of course not. I don't believe everything I believe 10 years ago. Then why are you mad today when someone questions you? Or how do you feel when you're trying to learn something and it isn't working and you're not getting it? Do you quit? Why? What are you doing to cultivate this question of why in your life so that five years, 10 years, 15 years, 25 years from now, you can look back and I don't think we're ever going to get away from, man, I can't believe I was chasing that. I'll be honest with you. I have a birthday coming up, like one of the big ones. And as I look back, I lament a lot of life choices. I'll just be really honest with you. I do. I lament choices I made in my 20s. I didn't start investing. I didn't even know about investing then. But I should have. I, I should have taught myself. I should have learned. And and I have to live in this tension of of lamenting or grieving, but not getting fixated on it, right? and still moving forward, still putting my feet forward. But I do wonder. I'm like, okay, so in 10 years, I wonder what I'll look back and say to myself, Joe, why did you chase that? And so I have people in my life purposely that say to me hey what are you doing are you chasing this why are you chasing this or why are you not chasing that when i stop something right now as i'm recording this like not literally in this moment i'm in the middle of chasing something and it's big and it's scary and it gets scarier the bigger it gets and i have friends who are like okay well tell me why you're chasing it and when i think about quitting they say okay well tell me why you're thinking about quitting what's at the end of this Right. And so I, while I appreciated that speaker's perspective of like, hey, I keep this picture in my office so that I ask myself regularly, what are the things that I'm chasing that I might laugh at in 25 years? I, I think we could take it one step further and say, what are we doing to cultivate, pur- purposely cultivate relationships that ask us those questions? That ask us the hard questions to purposely cultivate relationships that go against our anxiety, that are willing to accept and challenge our feelings, that are willing to sit with us in our darkest moments and just be there and say it's okay, that are willing to sit with us in our failures and our successes and be sad for us with the failures and empathize with us in the failures and to be happy for us with the successes and empathize us with the successes. That's how you know you have a really good friend, by the way. Who do you know that you could call at two in the morning when the the proverbial stink hit the fan, but you wouldn't call them if you won the lottery or you wouldn't call them if you found out you were independently wealthy or you wouldn't call them if you found out that that big dream that you have been pursuing for your entire adult life just came true because you know that they wouldn't actually celebrate with you. We want to cultivate friendships that go beyond that. We want to cultivate friendships that go beyond that so that they will celebrate our successes with us. That's a true friend. And that they'll ask us the why questions. Why is this a success? Why is this important to you? What do you believe about it and why do you believe it? We want to cultivate that. We want to have two or three or four friends like that. And we want to cultivate that mindset in ourselves. Whenever I interview students, right? Whenever I talk to students, I always ask them, what's the purpose of you going to school? It's not to get a degree. It's to get an education. Except that's not completely true because it is to get an education, right? When I got my master's degree, I couldn't do what I wanted to do without that degree. In order to be a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, I had to have that degree. So it was about a degree and an education. But what's the win? Why are you doing it? if I decide to stop, why am I stopping? Why do I do this podcast? I wrestled with this question a lot this summer. Why do I do the podcast? What's the win behind the podcast? What's the purpose behind the podcast? Why am I doing it? And will I look back in 10 years and regret that I kept doing it? Or will I look back in 10 years and regret that I stopped? I was relaying a story to a a, uh, 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 a marketing guy this week. And we were talking about my YouTube channel, which by the way is dead. And the r- part of the reason it's dead is because I went and I got someone who was a marketing, uh, I don't know if they're an expert, but they were certainly, they had positioned themselves that way and they knew more than I did. And they did a great job. They literally did a great job. I want to be clear. The rest of this story is not a reflection on them. It's a reflection on me. They did a great job job. I want to say that again. They showed up with like five pages of notes of all the things that my YouTube page was lacking. And I remember sitting there thinking, I don't have the time to do this. It has to stop. And I regret that. I look back and I think, man, that was a dumb reason to stop. Now, the truth is I did need to stop. I didn't, I don't think I had the time to do it. And I don't know if we're going to resurrect it or not. It's, it's something that's on the table, but I regret the why of why I stopped. And this is a truth. This is one of the reasons, if you're a long time listener, you know, we've talked a lot about how do we determine if a decision was right or wrong sometimes you can make a decision for a bad reason and it's still a good decision this is one of those cases it was a good decision to stop and i regret the reason that i stopped and so do you do that do you regularly look at your reasoning for what you do and ask yourself how am i going to feel about this in six months a year five years and do you cultivate friends who ask you those hard questions i really hope that you do That's the whole point of today's episode. What do you think you might be chasing that you're going to regret in the future? What myth might you be living by? 5,000 miles till your engine's broken in. Then you can go 55. Not not 4,999. 5,000. What are you chasing that's a myth? What are you chasing that's not rooted in facts? Maybe when you were told the person who told you believed it was facts, or maybe when you learned it, it was facts. And now more facts have come into light spanking anyone discipline anyone what motivates people anyone and are you cultivating friends to ask those questions oh i hope so if you're not make that a priority start cultivating and here's the thing i'm using the word cultivating on purpose because it's like growing a garden it's going to take some time but you can do it i believe in you and i know you can all right thanks for listening if you enjoyed this please share it with your friends share with three friends share it on your facebook share it on your socials give me a rating in the podcast store anything like that helps us And it helps you find meaning by sharing with friends. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.